Um, okay. You Wait, ready? do I sound good? Yeah, you sound yeah. great. Okay, good. Well, I, you know what? Okay, let's actually test to make sure our levels are on the same level. Okay. Check, check, check. This is my level. This is my level. This is my level. My level. Check. This is my level. Get on my level. You're not at my level. level oh, level, level. oh, wow. Oh, yeah, Talking like shit that. already. It's like that. Jeez. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> well, Sunday night shit talk. It's actually not that hard to get on your level because all I have to do is adjust your level. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Ready to do this? I'm ready. I am like a Spanish conquistador. Recently, I've learned of untold riches from an American motion picture. I only need page 95. It's my destiny. Unlike your destiny, which is to listen to Jackie and I talk about Kamiko, the treasure hunter. JFIO presents. What are you kidding? Family here. This ain't no cooner. Okay, I'm not gonna sit here and debate. I'll show you the life of a mine. You will find the fortune. Good would not be the fortune you seek. I suppose you think you've raised hell. But I've raised hell, you'll know it. Something is very wrong. I don't want Santana Abraxas. I've just been in a terrible auto accident. What's the most we ever lost in the coin toss? Sometimes knowledge is Accept the mystery. Coen Brothers podcast. This is Except the Mystery. This is the Coen Brothers podcast where we talk about every single Coen Brothers movie and movies that are just about urban legends about Coen Brothers <laughs> movies. It absurd, ridiculous, insane, mind-boggling levels of detail. <laughs> it's your boy Josh sitting across from me. We got... Hey, it's me, Jackie. Yeah, you, th- that was the key part is you have to say your name. I did. Okay. I know a, how to introduce myself. <laughs> but at first you were just like, hey. I know. What's I know up? What I, Josh, I know what I did. You know God. me. God. They do know me. We miss me. <laughs> I miss you guys too. It's been so long. How, yeah, how long has it been since we did an I episode of this? It's been really long. I know. How sad. Well, we had to, I mean, you know, the good news is we, there are good reasons for us to be busy. Yeah. There's good things going on in our lives. Sure. You're becoming like a superstar lawyer. Oh, just stop. And I, <laughs> and I recently, I'm now a, like an official podcast producer person. Oh, hell yeah. Yes. Which Very means exciting. this is now my job as well as my hobby. Yay. But it's meant, sadly, that I've had a little bit less time to devote to like putting these together properly. But... But man, we I really want, since I saw this movie a few weeks ago, I really wanted to talk about it. It's obviously perfect for Accept the Mystery. So I'm like, we got to get this together. Yeah. Even if the guest we tried to book for it flaked a couple of times. Uh, you know who you are. <laughs> you know exactly who you are, buddy. Oh, man. So today's guest is an empty chair that Jackie can put her feet on. Hey, empty chair. How are you? Now you finally get a foot rest for I know. Show. It's so nice. And so instead of asking our guest questions inspired by the movie i guess jackie i'll ask you questions inspired by the movie are you okay Great. with it i'm totally okay with it let's do it and this segment is called inside jackie like to say oh my god <laughs> i'm so honored let's be real this is all i ever wanted right focus Finally. on me people well, before yeah, before before the end of this run, we'll just do the let's get to know Jackie episode. That's right. It'll be like it'll be like an Oprah episode. You know, like you're really like you're dishing about your life and like all your issues, letting all the secrets out. Uh-huh. Yes, finally, yeah. and jumping on a couch. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know why. I I assume most not all. I don't think all of her guests jump on a couch. I think just Tom did, right? Probably yeah. I never actually watched the Oprah I'm, show on a regular sure basis. It's just him, because it's like you know when you go on Ellen, you have to dance. Oh yeah! Right, yeah, like I some think people he's make the it a thing. Couch jumper. If you were on the Ellen Show, would you dance? Yeah. I mean, would you? But you'd feel obligated to. 
But I like to dance. So I would just like me. I would just like walk in and sit down, and Ellen would be like, "Come on, have fun." And I'd be like, "No, I refuse." <laughs> also, this interview's over. Bye. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is what you get for not respecting me. <laughs> um, oh, so this is a movie about a woman from Japan named Kamiko who is obsessed with the movie Fargo and watches it over and over and over again in a room until like the tape literally destroys itself. Uh huh. Jackie, what movie have you seen the most times, like, that you feel like you could watch until it was destroyed? Oh, God. Are you, like, a movie rewatcher in general? I'm not a huge movie rewatcher, but I think that the movie... Mm, I think it's Cruel Intentions. <laughs> like, I think I saw I, that you, the most. I've heard you talk about Cruel Intentions before. Yeah. So I have to admit, I've never seen Cruel Intentions. It's, like, good, I think. It's been so long, I can't remember. But I remember, like, being one of those movies that I watched a million times. And right. I could, like, rehearse all the words. I could say all the words. And I don't know why. It just, when I was a teenager, it struck a chord that worked for me. And, like, the music is good. And who's on the know. Who's on the soundtrack? Um... Let me tell you, I'm having a little bit of a mental block right now, but it's a pretty good soundtrack and like... Because it's, it's Reese Witherspoon, like a pre-superstar Reese Witherspoon and a Ryan, Ryan Philippi. Is it Felipe? Oh, I don't know. Could be Philippi. Or Somebody correct Philippe. me. No, I think it's Ryan Felipe, but like, I could be wrong. Like the sandwich place, Philippe's Sandwiches. No, I don't think it's like that. And uh, Sarah Jessica Geller. Wait, Sarah, Sarah, Je- Sarah Jessica Geller. Right? The ultimate, Sarah Michelle com- Geller. No, the ultimate just- combination of Sarah Michelle Geller <laughs> yeah. and Sarah Jessica Parker. Finally. I, just, I was thinking about Sex in the City. <laughs> Sarah <laughs> Jessica <laughs> Geller. Oh, yeah. How many times have you seen the Sex in the City movies? Not that many times. Not, that, not probably, as many times as Cruel Intentions? Times. Yeah, for some reason I saw it a lot. I'm trying to find the soundtrack. Yeah. Because um, like if because like if I decided tonight, okay, I've got a couple hours to kill. Should, why should I put on Cruel Intentions? Because it's an erotic thriller, oh. according to IMDb. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's like kind of sexy and stuff, and like, ooh, dun dun dun. Does it get you in the mood? And it's not like that. I just mean <laughs> it's like, oh, soundtrack. I don't know. There's watch something the, about watch, it that works. You know, beautiful people cheating on each other and screwing each other over. Something like that. Okay, there's like every you, every me, and then there's like, what is this? I don't know. Why can't I figure out what the soundtrack is? I'm doing a really bad job Googling. But, um, I don't know. It's just good. Yeah, Every You, Every Me, and then, like, what's the one towards the end? Oh, Bittersweet Symphony. I don't know. It's just, okay. like, good. Okay, yeah. It just, like, has a few Takes songs back to the 90s, there. sure. Yeah, it's, like, very 90s, kind of, like, ugh, like, feely music. And, right. But, yeah, it's just, like, very scandalous. And when I was a teenager, I was like, this is so great. So, something like this that. Is what, this is what, like, being an adult is like. It's something like, like that. It's just constant breakups and makeups. And... Yeah, I don't know why I liked it so much. Because <laughs> I'm not a big movie rewatcher, so that's why right. it's not common for me. Some, What's your favorite movie to rewatch? Because some, some movies, yeah, they're like comfort food. You know, yeah. it is like, you know, I just want to put this on because I know the rhythms of it. I mean, yeah. I mean, my answer is just going to be obvious. It's the a Big it's Lebowski. A, Big Lebowski's up there. Mm-hmm. Um, that is probably the movie I've seen the most times, unless you count movies from when I was a little kid. Because right, I, right. I think I've seen Toy Story like 15 times. Oh, I probably have too, actually. Yeah. Think. That's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's some, and I think actually Toy Story was but then, really but then, But I haven't seen Toy Story in like... 15, 15 years, years. Yeah, yeah 15 years yeah i wonder if i rewatched it now if it would have the same magic for one thing it would probably watch it for one thing the animation would probably look like shit i don't think so i think it holds up I've, I've i mean i've seen like clips and like 
it's fine when you see the toys, but when like you see like the adults, they're like, oh yeah, it's just like it's just like a sphere on top of a cylinder, yeah, on top yeah, of, like, yeah, some, yeah, some yeah. blocks, you know. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> we should rewatch Toy Story, do a little special episode on it. We could do that. Say how we feel about it. We could totally do that. Uh huh. Um, our most our collective most watched movie. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that that's and what like the Venn diagram is yeah, Big Lebowski and Raising Arizona are the oh, two yeah, that would be Arizona. like the ones that I could just watch over and over until the tape runs out. Yeah. Yeah, I think I have to pick a new one that I could watch over and over because I don't think I would watch Cool Intentions over and over. But I'll find out. I might watch it this week and see what happens. Do it. Yeah, yeah. Re- report back. I will. Be like, does this uh, does this '90s time capsule hold up? Yeah. Oh god, that's so funny. <laughs> so Kamiko travels to Minneapolis uh-huh. to uh, go on her mission, her crazy mission. Have you ever been traveling solo? No, I don't think so. Not like that. Never. Um. No, I'm not much of a solo traveler. I'm trying to think. I went I once um, after I graduated college. I went on a tra- I was like, I know I don't want to live in L.A. Uh-huh. That was my main thing. I was like, L.A. is soulless and it's full of, you know, people attached <laughs> to their phones and everybody is just shallow and plastic. And, and I don't flaky. And I want no part of it, man. Totally. So bad. I was like, I'm going to spend a few days in some different cities that I feel like might be cool cities to live in. Oh. So I made I scheduled a three city trip to Vancouver, Chicago and Austin. Whoa, that's cool. Yeah. That's a good idea. I checked out all the cities and like I checked out some like studios there because I was thinking it was going to be a music engineer at that point in time. Mm-hmm. So seeing like maybe I could figure out how to get an internship and checking out the music scene and yeah, which was oh, cool. Which was I mean, so it was like more than a week long trip by yeah. myself in different strange cities, but I actually had a lot of fun. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I feel like I've. I mean, I would probably travel more alone if I were a guy, just because I kind of don't feel like that safe doing a big trip by myself but i guess that you're right i guess that makes a difference and i hate that that's kind of true but i think it is although i know plenty of women who do that and i think that's awesome but i think i personally like a little bit or at the very least like that. you know like it might be like two girls traveling together at least so you're like hey somebody's got your back yeah i think i feel like a little more comfortable with the two girls thing but yeah, yeah I, so i'm a little i think that's probably stopped me a little bit but i mean i'm good being alone in places or like having alone time so the aloneness part wouldn't bother me but right. i think it kind of it would be more of like a, a safety thing kind of like yeah i think more of just like as a practical matter i was like mm, i don't know if i feel comfortable being alone but yeah that makes sense but yeah yeah there there is something about just you know walking without a map in a strange city just kind of like absorbing the mm-hmm. place you've got nothing else to occupy occupy you except taking in like the atmosphere of the city totally it's it's been a while since i've done something like that but i might do it again yeah i might be like hey i'm just gonna pick a city and go there totally i like that reminds me of the i wrote this quote down i like this in the movie how that lady that picked her up the, i forget what her name is the first like lady who picked her up from the side of the road right um but i, like I don't she, i don't know i don't think we ever got her name we didn't okay yeah, yeah. so she was saying she's like solitude that's just fancy loneliness <laughs> i liked that line it's like hmm, i guess so that's a good way to put it it's but it's only true. I like solitude. Yeah, that's only true if like it's a negative thing. Solitude doesn't have to be a negative. Thing. Yeah, I agree. It's because loneliness implies like, oh, you're eaten up inside by the fact there aren't other people around you. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be like that. So I don't agree with that old lady. Yeah, I don't either. But I just that's a good quote. In fact, I feel like Kamiko's whole thing is she really wants like there's constantly people like coming up to her and trying to be friends with her. It seems yeah. like she really wants to be left alone to do her thing. Yeah, a lot of people are trying to help her. <laughs> right. That's interesting. She's like. 
Leave me alone. It's not fake. Good Kumiko impression. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Breaking our mics. I know. Sorry. Sorry for uh, hurting the ears of the listeners. <laughs> Being a bad producer. Um, all right. Let's do one more question. Mm-hmm. So, this story, Kamiko the Treasure Hunter, is based on a supposedly true story of a real woman. Oh, really? Yes. Who what? actually who actually did this and was found like dead in the Minnesota wild. Are we sure about that? Well, we'll get into that more when we get into the movie. But okay. first, I want to ask you, A, do you have a favorite urban legend? And B, is there any like urban legend or conspiracy theory that you think is true? Oh, my God. My favorite story, my favorite urban legend is the Loch Ness Monster. Okay. Ever. Okay. And I remember when I was like younger, seeing some documentaries on like why the Loch Ness Monster might even be real was like <laughs> blowing my mind. And the reason for it was like, I guess that type of animal was like a dinosaur that because of like how deep the channels were like under Loch Ness and like the Atlantic Ocean, some whatever, like it was apparently this freezing cold water that was like really deep down and like they were like all like positing why it could be possible and like there's probably like a herd of these Loch Ness things so it's probably not totally I'm glad you I'm glad you at least said there's a herd of them because the idea that like it would be one Loch Ness no no yeah they were saying there was like a pod there was like a pod of them and they were like really deep down and I was just like this is amazing like it could totally be true so I love the Loch Ness monster I don't know if I still believe it but it's a cool but at one point like you really sincerely believed it I mean, I think I was really into the idea that this could be possible and explainable. Like, I think that was amazing. Okay, so not so not like I'm convinced. More like, man, if this were true, it would yeah, be really yeah. cool. And all the evidence they're showing is really convincing. Totally. Yeah. That's man. Th- okay, that's really interesting because when you think like maybe it is some sort of like species that we think might have been extinct, but actually has just been surviving away from humanity this whole time. Yeah. That's not totally crazy. Right. That's what I thought. So that's what I was like. This would be so cool if it were true. Like, this right. is the coolest thing ever. Right. So, yeah, that's my favorite. What's Man. your favorite? Um, well, when I posed this question, this was a really hard one for me to think about. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, I'm really not a believer in any of these things at mm-hmm. all. Whenever somebody's like, oh, ghosts, I'm like, no. Bigfoot? Bullshit. bullshit. I believe in ghosts, but Bigfoot? Well, Bigfoot, I'm on record as saying yes, is definitely real. Aha, uh-huh, that's yes. what I thought you had said. That is true. So you do like something. Well, yeah, well, like, kind of like the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot is just very good at avoiding humans, uh-huh. you know? Uh, a very shy creature. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why do you think he's real? Because there, you know, there's been evidence, you like know, what? like, there was, like, a, a camper that, like, like, left, you know, slept in a tent and then woke up and saw, like, their car had been ransacked and their, the car was covered in mud except for one huge handprint. It was, like, way too big to be a human hand, but didn't look like a bear either. Uh-huh. Like, things like that, and there's been photographic evidence. Like, people keep getting just close enough to see it, but don't actually capture it. Huh. Interesting. You saw, like that, that, that. Did, that sounded skeptical. It, yeah, because <laughs> the, those are all just such, like, I don't know, like, people's stories, which, you know, doesn't mean they're not true, but I just think right. it's so interesting that that, like seems i don't know that that like all seems to add up to be enough because there's okay because there's other things like aliens i for sure believe in the existence of aliens me too i don't think they've ever landed on earth i think they have you think they have totally so like stuff like roswell and stuff you're like you're like we're keeping like alien corpses in area 51 maybe yeah 
I think I think like all governments know way much more than they ever disclose. So that's okay. Well, yeah, yes. So I feel like that that could very easily be like a thing that the government knows about and has hidden and whatever. Because yeah, because because I think the one conspiracy type theory that I at this point in time really firmly believe is that I do think like the government is tapping our phones and like looking through all of our electronic devices and collecting shit, collecting shit, on, shit on us, shit on us. That's true. Like, the, like after that NSA program came out? Yeah. Can you not hear? Yeah, my mic went out. Oh. Did I do that? I mean, you're still recording. I think your headphone jack got unplugged. Oh, maybe. Yeah, sorry. Can you hear yourself now? Yeah, I can. Okay. That's weird. I guess it was this somehow. <laughs> I was like, Josh, why'd you cut me yeah. out? <laughs> because you're speaking too much truth. <laughs> It was the government. It was the government. <laughs> See what happens? Oh my this is god! What happens. I'm so uh, I'm no, so but, shaken up right now. But even after that, those that NSA stuff came out, people were saying, "Well, it's not like the government could really be listening to all of our conversations all the time." And I'm like, "Yeah, well, they're not necessarily listening to all of it, but they're definitely collecting it all in a big searchable database." I'm sure. I think for sure that's true. Yeah, I think so too. Like this podcast is being collected against us. It sucks. Like no, for, like for real, our podcast is in a government archive. No, for real, I'm not being sarcastic either. I know I have yeah. a sarcastic tone yeah. a lot of the time when I yeah. speak, but I, I mean it. I totally think that's a thing. So if we said something like "Let's bomb the White House," they would hear that and they would immediately put it in like a red flag database. Yeah, if we were saying it seriously, which we were not. Obviously, Josh was not. just making an example. Obviously, obviously, God, that would that's the into case. Trouble. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I actually believe in like a lot of conspiracy theories, but, uh, this is not the conspiracy theory chapter, so, or episode, (laughs) so I'll, I'll let it go. All right, that's fair. Yeah. Because I do like, I do like getting into this stuff. Cause like, the Loch Ness thing is actually sort of believable. Most of the time when people come to this stuff for me, I I would come to the stuff with me, I'm like, you just have... You're basing this off no evidence, and it's so purely a faith thing. Anytime people say ghost stories, I'm like, you're, there's no oh, evidence, Oh, I disagree. Man. Well, really? actually, there is evidence. There's like t- tons of weird, measurable shit that they've done, and I don't really remember all the studies, but I feel like when you have like experiences with certain stuff, you're just like, oh, okay, like that probably exists, because I've like, sort of experienced weird things. That, But that's what it always comes to. It's always just, I saw something I can't explain, therefore ghosts are real. Instead of thinking... Think about all the other possible rational explanations. Yeah, but I think, like... But isn't that the same thing as um, Bigfoot? (laughs) Like, I don't see how that's different. (laughs) Because Bigfoot, that's rational. Why? Of course there was an ancestor to humanity, right? There had to be something. Is Bigfoot gold as our ancestor? Yeah, he's the missing link between man and ape. Are you sure? He's supposed to be. I mean, we haven't caught him and done a DNA sample, but Uh, of course there's a missing link. Of course, there, it's, there, it's like a slightly less, less evolved human. Not quite as smart as humans. Maybe don't have like opposable thumbs, but they're out there. They've just managed Where to survive. Where are they? In like, in like the mountains. Which mountains? The mountains. In Canada? North America. Where in North America would they be? In the places we'd least expect it, Jackie. You're asking like your too own many backyard? questions. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <gasps> um, yeah, I just. Where would they be hiding? In like, there's so many places to hide in the mountains and caves, like on top of trees. What are they? They could, they could dig little holes. Holes? Yeah. Like, they see, they like see hobbit hum- huts. No, hobbits live. Jackie, hobbits live in houses. <laughs> okay, I'm okay? Sorry. they build real houses. Okay, I'm, I'm, just okay, I'm like, sorry. I'm just talking about like they, they dig a hole. 
<laughs> I just got so lectured. Yes. Um, Yo, you got to know your, your token. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm just saying, there are ways. There are ways they could get I wish this was like a video podcast so people could have seen your face and like the distinct Chucky. Who the real house is? Get with the program. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, but you're still relying on like what people said to believe that Bigfoot exists. Like why? I don't know why ghosts wouldn't exist. But you'd have to believe a whole bunch of stuff that, like, yeah, our souls what? and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. You'd have to believe that, like, our souls live on after we die and that there's, like, things that can believe. walk through walls. That's hard. I don't know if things can walk through walls. I mean, I maybe if they could, like, people... manipulate quantum mechanics or something. Maybe there's a scientific explanation. I don't know. Yeah, physics is always, like, and I don't like physics always changes, but we always discover more, so I don't know. But, like, but that stuff is super conjecture, but, like, evolution is a fact, right? We know that, like, yeah. we did not, like, come spring here fully formed. So there's stuff that was, like, kind of like humans that came before us. Yeah, but I don't know why Bigfoot is, like, the link. Bigfoot Big- seems like a different species, just based on description. It is a different species. It's just a slightly different species. But, like, it doesn't really seem like a species we necessarily evolved from. It's like, it's like something between, like, an ape and a bear. But it's also got human qualities. And it's smart, <laughs> but dangerous, uh-huh. but, but friendly, <laughs> but shy. Yes. That's why we never see it. Yes. Yes. You, you're oh, getting God. it. Um, okay. 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 Well, should we talk, start talking about the movie? Sure. Wait, hold on. Let me see if I have questions for you. Oh yeah. Sure. Ask me some questions. Inside Josh Richmond. 10, 9, <laughs> 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> I wonder if I even have anything for you. Actually, because all my notes were about the movie, because I, I was ignoring a guest's existence. That's fine. I, I do understand that you have got a quiz prepared for me later on. I this do episode. have. A, it's yeah. It's gonna be good. It's kind of hard, I think. Um, good. So that that'll suffice. Yeah, that'll suffice. But yeah. No. All my, actually, I have questions for you for the movie. Yeah. Okay. Well, we we can move on now. <laughs> Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Well, then let's start talking about the movie of the week in a segment called Inside the Big Review Ski. So, Kamiko the Treasure Hunter is a movie that came out this year. In fact, it is in some theaters now, which is why we were able to finally go and see a movie in I theaters. I know. Finally. I know. Right? Too bad there was like one other person in that movie theater, because then I could have been really talking out loud the whole right. time. Right, I know. We <sighs> That one chick, stop. Totally ruined it. I know. Otherwise, we could have like, yeah, just like treated it like our own personal awesome screening exactly. room Exactly, yeah. Oh, oh, well. Oh, well. Not everything's perfect. But what was nice is we got to, you know, share some popcorn and actually have, like, a theater-going experience yeah, watching one of these movies. Yeah, because it didn't work last time for Unbroken. No, I know. What a botch. But I am glad. I'm glad we got to... I'm, I'm glad this is one of the ones we got to see on the big screen. I feel mm-hmm. like it was a very well-shot movie. Yeah. One that really did, like, kind of look good with the, with the bigger screen. Maybe yeah, we would have yeah. lost some of that stuff on, a, like, a TV. Yeah, I agree. So, okay, it's directed by uh, David Zoner, written by David Zoner and Nathan Zoner, the Zoner brothers, another uh-huh. brother duo. Uh-huh. Interesting. I know, how ironic. And it stars, it is uh, co-produced by Rinko Kikuchi, mm-hmm. who's like a Japanese star. She was in Pacific Rim. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in Babel. She's been in a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it is based on an urban legend. So maybe we could actually, let's, so let's start by talking about the urban legend. Um... So, so this is a real woman, a woman named Takako Konishi. 
Uh-huh. Um, she was born in 1973 and died in 2001. She was an office worker from Tokyo who was found dead in a field outside of Detroit Lakes, Minnesota in 2001. Um, her death was ruled a suicide, officially. Huh. Uh-huh. But some other outlets had picked up the story and kind of tried to, like, you know, get on her tail and find out more information about, like, why is this Japanese woman just dead in the middle of Minnesota? Yeah. And... Uh, what some people in the media had discovered, at least according to this urban legend, is that she died trying to find the missing suitcase from the movie Fargo. Oh. Yeah, but investigations by this uh, this writer-director named Paul Bergzeller, he apparently did more research to discover this entire Fargo story had come because of a misunderstanding between this woman and one of the police officers who was kind of helping her out. Because uh-huh. there were police officers who were guiding her around for the short time she was in Minnesota. Uh-huh. And that got inflated into this kind of broader urban legend. Huh. Because, because it's something that you would almost think, when you hear that that's a true story, it's something that like, is almost completely unbelievable. Right. But not so unbelievable that you're not like, that couldn't happen. Right. Huh. It's, you, you're like, well, it does, they do say this is a true story at the beginning of Fargo. Yeah, but at the end they say it's not. Right. But some people aren't going to pay attention to that. Some Which people are just like immediately like, checked out. Yeah, but if you're that fixated on the movie, you would think you would catch that part where it's like, just kidding, this is fake. But that's also a huge part of like conspiracy theory thinking, right? Is like all the evidence that fits your theory, you absorb it. All the evidence that doesn't fit your theory, you shut it out. So it's like when they say this is a true story, I totally believe that. When they say we made everything up, I don't believe that. So you can see how people might get in that mindset. Yeah. And like take it really seriously and kill themselves trying to find it. Oh, God. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. But, but to the best of our knowledge now, at least, it seems like that's not what really happened. What really happened is she got really depressed after losing her job at a Tokyo travel agency. She came to Minneapolis because it was a place she'd previously visited with her lover, who was a married American businessman. Um, so she was just wandering around this place where she'd shared some good times, really depressed and lonely, and then uh, killed herself with uh, overdose of sedatives. Oh, that's sad. So, basically just a sad story that has nothing to do with Fargo. But I like the turn that they took with it. You mean, like, yeah, you like how, like, they interpreted it. Yes, that's exactly what I mean. But can I say one thing about this, too, which sure. is interesting? You know how in Fargo, the movie, there's one Japanese character? Yes. And we're like, why is he here? <laughs> Mike Yanagita. Yeah. Yeah. Why is Mike Yanagita there? And then it's, like, weird that... It's sort of like a good tie-in. Like now, a Japanese character is coming to Minnesota. Like it's interesting. Right. It's it's like it's like another one of those details that makes it seem a little more true. Like maybe some Japanese person saw themselves in this Japanese character in Fargo, or and had felt some sort of stronger special connection to the movie or something. Yeah, I just wonder. But I still wonder how, why Mike Yanagita is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is like it is like there's a weird connection between these two places. Uh-huh. Like some review of this movie wrote, this has to be the only movie ever that was filmed only in Tokyo and Minnesota. Yeah. But it's yeah, interesting. They're such different places. Mm-hmm. But I think I think this movie explores the contrast between them pretty well. Oh yeah. Tokyo is like uh, at least the way they shoot it on screen it's like full of these very like vertically constrained spaces. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, it felt like all the shots with Kamiko in Tokyo were, like, kind of had stuff intruding from the sides of the screen or, like, would show her getting out of, like, an elevator, lots of, like, vertical lines in the composition. Oh, yeah, true. To kind of show how she feels, like, trapped in mm-hmm. this place. 
And also Tokyo is, you know, it's like it's a city, so it's like a very like vertical and compressed place. Yeah. And then Fargo, it's all it's all wide open spaces mm-hmm. and like big fields of white. Mm-hmm. And so it's you know it's in theory it's like this more kind of freeing place. Yeah. So it's interesting because they're so different. Yeah. So I like I like this movie a lot. Yeah, me too. It's really it's a really strange movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really well made movie. Yeah. Um, I think like I get it. No, I think the, like the cinematography is fantastic. I think it's really interestingly structured. I think all the acting is is really great. Yeah, I think the um, set design is great. Too. Yeah, the set design is great. Yeah, Rinko Kikuchi especially is uh, in a role that where she barely talks. She's surprisingly pretty captivating in it. Yeah, that's very true. Like you really can't take can't take your eyes off her. Mm-hmm. If I have a problem with it, it's that it's weird. It's it's kind of hard to get invested in a movie where the character is so completely crazy. Yeah, because she's she's completely insane. She's completely out of touch with reality. In order to make this urban legend possibly true, where anybody could possibly believe like this Fargo treasure is actually real. Yeah. They have to create a character who is just, like, borderline, like, schizophrenic. Well, I kind of disagree, because I think um, she was, like, an exaggeration of a person on a mission, and I think, like, everybody who's on a mission that's, like, kind of crazy, like, you know, that's kind of, like, a really intense mission, right. I think it, takes, it always takes a little level of crazy, but I actually wrote this down, that... um if you have like meaning, it can drive you forward kind of like no matter what. And I think like for her, her life, like her life in Japan was so like unhappy for her. You know, she was right. just like, a complete fish out of water. She right. wasn't fitting in. She wasn't happy. She just, it, it wasn't for her. And so she kind of like, you know, had like a very dramatic break with that, but she needed something that would like give her meaning in her life because she had none in her day-to-day existence. I mean, she had her bunny, but like even then she was just like dumping food on top of him. So, yeah, you know, she just needed that meaning. And I think like to me, what was relatable about her is that she still had that human need for meaning and that's what fulfilled her and drove her forward. So she wasn't doing it like for no reason. She had a purpose, even if the purpose was crazy. Right. It's, yeah, no, she, it's like she had to dig so deep to find that sort of meeting that she just found something that is like nonsensical. Like she had to have something to drive her. Yeah. And no, I agree. The actual thing was nonsensical. (laughs) Like the, yeah, the actual thing itself was nonsensical, but I think like the, the action surrounding it, like wasn't that crazy. Cause I think like just something that gives you meaning can make you do like make you go above and beyond and make you like trudge forward no matter what. Like to me, it was kind of like a true grit on its side where like true grit right. had like a specific purpose and was like against all odds. And like, you know, she's just a little girl, but she's going to go do this. I and, like that. Yeah. And this was kind of like, yeah, she's crazy for sure. But she's also like a human who found a meaning and like followed the meaning really. It intensely. is. A, I, li- I do like the true grit comparison. This is a similar sort of journey. Yeah. It's, and even and even in Maddie Ross's case, yes, she is kind of going out to avenge her father's killer. Yeah. Um, but even even that, you know, vengeance isn't necessarily the most rational motive for a mission like that. Yeah, either. that's she's, true too. Yeah, she's on kind of her own crazy, not particularly that's a well crazy that we course. socially accept though. Right. Where we're like, right, you know what, true. vengeance, we get it, pride, yeah, yeah we're into that. Um, that's totally true. So who's to so who's to question Kamiko? And I think that's one of yeah one yeah. of the more interesting things here is that. She does get a chance to say a few times, like, everybody has their own path. This is my path. Yeah. Let me do this thing. 
Yeah, I like um, when she's getting lectured by her stupid boss, and right. she was like, which was like the worst, most inappropriate scene. If that, oh my god, if that happened in America, <laughs> like so many labor and employment violations. But um, I love how she says, "With all due respect, sir, we all have our own path," which is like true anyway. So it's like, yeah, she was just a little too crazy, but she was close. To, in my opinion, she was close to being not crazy. Like she just had just crossed over the line. I think like something happened in her brain where it was like one more step and you're like on the other side of the crazy line. Right. But like, like up she, until that line, she would be a hero. Like this person doesn't face, you know, doesn't back down in the face of anything kind of, it definitely seemed like she'd been kind of driven to this somehow. Like yeah. she probably was not always this crazy. Yeah. I don't think so. I think she <laughs> probably that her daily existence and the people she was around and like, it just at a certain point boiled over, I think. Right. So, yeah as always i kind of related to her more than one would expect it's so weird <laughs> but you know like I, I like to relate to characters like i think about whether i can or not but i can i can yeah. relate to like oh you you don't feel like you're in the right environment or existence or whatever and i could see how that would make a person crazy for sure no i like i think that's what is interesting that's that's one of the reasons that since i saw this a few weeks ago and since i rewatched it with you it is a movie that i've continued to really think about uh-huh. because she is she is a strangely relatable character yeah, even if she's totally crazy. Right, it's like you completely understand where... <laughs> I think we just got a text from the same person. Yeah, we did. <laughs> the crew. Um, um, where, where, you know, where you understand like her life situation, and you understand feeling like you're being put in a box or expected to go down this very cer- specific path yeah. that you don't feel comfortable with for whatever reason. Yeah, and then and, you're like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to go look for treasure. Like, mm, right. It could happen. Why not? Yeah. Well... This takes me to probably the weirdest scene in the movie, which is the very first scene. Yeah. I'm so, so glad you're raising that because I was like, I need to talk about the beginning. Yeah. Why um, did she find that tape? Because that it's one of those it's one of those scenes that raises a lot of questions that the movie never answers. Yeah. Seemingly I, kind of on purpose. When it happened, I was like <laughs> gonna ask, like, what the like why did she find this VHS? But then I was like, right. Oh, the movie will reveal it, so I'm not gonna ask him. And but I never it does, did. But it doesn't. So then it's like you would have known the answer anyway had I asked you, which is so weird, but it's a uh, yeah. So so the very first scene, you just you see her. She's already on the beach and she's wandering, walking across the beach, and yeah. she finds her way into this cave. It looks like she knows exactly where she's going. She had a map. She had, she had, an had a she had a map. She had like a treasure map that she you know one of her treasure maps. Yeah. And this is establishing you know hey she's like a treasure hunter. Yeah. And she followed the map and she found her way to this treasure and this treasure was this VHS copy of Fargo hidden in a cave for some reason. Right. But so then, I mean, yeah, I was, I don't know where she would have found that from. I guess it doesn't really matter, but I guess something told her, yes, it was factually for sure there. So, but she went off of one of those maps that she made, her little treasure maps. Right. And then she made one of those like for Fargo, I mean, for actual Fargo too. And it's weird because then it kind of makes that seem like a more legitimate thing to do. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, well the first time she right. like, found something using a treasure map. So like now the like, treasure maps are legitimate. Right. Like, not. right. Like obviously like I found this tape for a reason, you know, it's, yeah. it all feeds into, it's a very specific feature of, you know, I think the specific kind of crazy is like everything happens because it's part of my personal destiny. quest, my destiny. Exactly. Yeah. Like this is all happening because it's all going to lead with me finding this amazing thing. Yeah. I want to know where they would have that tape got there. Well, I've got a, I've got a couple of theories. Okay. One is that it's completely her own invention. 
Like she, this is how she remembers finding the tape. Even if maybe she was just like oh. walking, even if maybe she was just like walking home one day and found it sitting outside a trash can or something. Yes. Because or maybe it, she just found it on the beach. Or, or maybe something. she just found it on the beach because yeah. she seems very given to these kind of flights of fancy. Yeah. And there are definitely places where the movie deliberately steps away from reality and makes it more kind of like her reality. Yeah. Like the very end of the movie. Yeah. Um, another another thought I had is, what if she like buried that tape herself and then made a map to where the tape is and then decided to like follow her own map oh back my to the god tape, that's just to go, just so she could like create this yeah. crazy journey because she seems crazy enough where that's possible mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but oh, it's that's a good those are both good theories yeah i mean either way it's deliberately left unexplained and i think supposed to suggest that like maybe this tri- whole trip she's planning to fargo is just another the latest example of something that's been going on for a long time like some or some sort of like some sort of obsession with finding treasure or treasure hunting or who knows yeah i mean she is kimiko the treasure hunter right oh yeah no i like both those theories i like the idea of her bearing it for her to find herself but i don't know it's deliberately unexplained and i i kind of like that vagueness it makes it makes it uh yeah, it kind of like it didn't it matter. It's yeah. sort of the, it later didn't matter to the point in the movie because again, I kind of think that theme is like that a person kind of just like crossing the line into crazy, like finding meaning, but then like being crazy about it. It doesn't matter what originally, right? Like made that happen. So yeah. So so from there we get like so basically the movie is in two halves, and we spend the whole first half seeing this picture being painted of her day to day life in Tokyo, mm-hmm. which. I think it's really skillfully done. Mm-hmm. You, she, especially considering again, this is a character that barely talks. Oh yeah, you know she barely has any dialogue or really expresses herself in any way. Yeah, she's just a. Uh, but you see, like just all these little details painted of the world around her, you get a really good sense of her day to day life and the people in her life and the pressure she's under and why she'd want to escape it. Yeah, her mom. Mm-hmm. Her mom, first of all, her mom, which. Which maybe was one a slightly unrealistic feeling detail in the movie. Like oh, really? maybe her mom was her mom felt a, like a little bit too much of like a a crazy harridan mom. Like oh you need to get married and settle down. I think like, that's a nothing, very real type of mom though. But you not your mom or my mom. But I think right. there's moms like that. But you didn't feel like she was kind of a caricature of that kind of thing. Like that's like all she talked about every time we heard from her. No. I'm a woman, so I think I'm more. <laughs> so maybe you, maybe you get maybe of, you get more of it. I mean, my great grandma and my my grandma doesn't really, but like my great grandma, it's like that's a real thing, like culture where they're just like worried about like me getting married or not, right. and uh, you know I'm getting old. I'm 27. <laughs> oh my god, so old. Jim. Yeah, no, but like the women in my family all got married so young, but like that's like a thing. Like it's a thing that women hear. Maybe you're just not used to hearing it, that's, but like at least possible. for me, from grandmas or great grandmas or just you know older women in my family, it's like a thing. And certainly they're not like disowning me if i right. don't have that but it's like, or like why would those girls, why would those girls be jealous of you they're married they have <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so mean well, that's what i'm but saying it's it like she seemed like i get that i get that but some moms, moms are just bitches though that's the, like that's if a woman's a bitch and right. she's a mom she's right. gonna be a bitchy mom so i kind of like okay. that doesn't shock me I okay guess. i mean maybe that says something about why kamiko's the way she is and she's got this yeah. like super bitchy mom yeah yeah, yeah. totally and that and her and yeah and her boss who's a total dick yeah um i thought his head was down that first scene with him i was like what is his deal right he was so weird i think he got more normal 
I kind of wonder what the deal is there, too. Because I think what's sort of being implied by those scenes is, like, at some point she was kind of a normal, relatively happy office lady doing whatever office ladies do. I'm sort of unclear on that. I guess just, I guess just get tea and drop off dry cleaning. I think an office lady is like a secretary, but right. I couldn't. I was like, what is, like, why is it called an office lady too? But it's like, right, but it's like, it's like a secretary who's also like there to be like the lady around the office for the guys. I guess. Kind of. Side note, I like that they all had uniforms. That makes life so much easier. But anyway. <laughs> Would you prefer that at your office? Fuck no. But as a concept, I did read, an, side note, I did read an article recently about this chick who's like an art director at an ad agency and she decided to just like start wearing a uniform every day because she just like didn't want to deal with having to like think about what to wear because like men can wear suits so easily. So she just like picked this outfit that she wears every day. She bought like seven silk blouses that are the same and like seven pairs of pants are the same or whatever. But actually, I would find that stifling because I like to express myself. Right. But because you're because you're into fashion and you like to wear you know fashionable clothes. Right. But if I had a uniform, it's actually not the worst. I mean, I went to Catholic school for a year and I wore a girls' uniform there, but I always tried to spice it up there too. But also, <laughs> my middle school, which was public, actually had a uniform too. So people always tried to push it. So did it's you, did you nice get like sent it. home from school for trying to push the uniform a little too much? No, I don't uh. want to send you home. I want to keep you at school all captive. But like, yeah, there's there's always variations. Like skirts are a little too short or whatever. Right, but right. anyway, but now like I could see the benefit of like a uniform because just like well I, this is what I have to wear so whatever. Michael Lewis wrote that great article about uh, Barack Obama and uh, just about like his day to day routines and how he handles the pressures of being president, like uh-huh. when he exercises and like what he eats and all that. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And and like yeah, apparently he just has like five you know suits that he just wears every day, or one just flip flips through those suits basically. Uh huh. I think it probably is easier if you're a guy. It is. I mean, I wear to work. It's so funny, but because I love how all you guys like on the team, people are like, surprised when I'm wearing work clothes. But I, I have like a lot of dresses that I wear to work, which are like, a similar variation on the same dress. I mean, yeah. they're not, they're not all the same at all. But it's just like always like a knee length dress, like a sheet, and it's just like so much easier. So I kind of appreciate the ease of that too. But. I would like, I would love to just uh, have like you know, f- buy like s- ten of the same shirt and five of the same pants. And you should just start wear wearing a suit day. to work. Wear like a hipster suit every day. A hip- What's a hipster suit? Like skinny pants, like skinny tie. You could even wear sneakers with your outfit, like could chucks. It, could I do like a tieless look? Is the tie absolutely necessary? You should wear a skinny tie, mm. but you could just wear this suit with chucks, and it would be cool. And you could get away with it, and you'd be like, "I'm like a really important producer. Like I wear a suit, but I'm also wearing sneakers, so that you know that I'm chill." Right. That yeah, that's key. It's got to be like a California yeah, producer, or like Air Force Ones, or something. Like you yeah. should wear something with your suit. Yeah, like yeah, I'm professional, but I'm also laid back. I'm somebody you can show with, bros. What's yeah. up? Yeah, I'll help, I'll help you style and we create need, a look like this. Yeah. Sidebar to the sidebar, we need to go shopping. Yeah. Yes, I want, I want, your, I want, your, fa- I want your fashion help. It will be done. <laughs> okay. Thy will be done. Yeah. Case <laughs> um, dismissed. But whatever's, go- okay, but whatever's going on at that office, I wonder if like maybe at some point in time the boss was nicer and at this point when we come into the movie just like I'm sick of dealing with Kamiko's shit because like... She like just all she does is like not talk to anybody and stare down and like her hair and she's, is a like, mess late and, every day and she's late well, every day. Well, it's because she's not what this company wants, which is like a cheery, smiley, gossipy, right. whatever girl. And yeah, you God, can see those God, that, girls. That scene where like they bring like the new girl in. Oh, <laughs> it was so perfect. Yeah. Like, her face was just like she's staring <gasps> like an anime doll, right? Like super perky and like yeah, Kubiko's just staring eyes. back at her like. Ugh. 
God. Yeah, that was a great... Uh, I mean, the casting for that was like... I was blown away yeah, just because her eyes. Whoa. But remember, there's like the scene, the first scene with like the office ladies at lunch and her like in the kitchen and it was just like right. such a contrast between what they were like. And I think it's just because she doesn't fit into that environment. And she was probably trying at first and it didn't work and then, you know... That's, I think, exactly what it deteriorated. is. Deteriorated. Yeah. I think she, she's just... I think she was probably never especially like an especially like yeah cheery gossipy person. Yeah, no, I don't think she's so. a. Besi- I mean, besides the other craziness, it's just kind of it's a strong portion of like you know what depression is like, feeling like you can't really like take care of yourself or you know put yourself. It's harder and harder to kind of put yourself yeah. together for these situations. Yeah, and like relate to people and stuff. Right. We're like even if like ladies come up and like you know old friends like run up to you and be like hi i'm so happy to see you let's get lunch with the phone <laughs> that was oh that was so good it was so good but she did it twice it was really good but she, but but like even then you can't like you're just like i can't deal with people at at all yeah you know it's that kind of and and again the oppressiveness of those compositions and it was very good at feeling like the weight of the world is like collapsing on her mm-hmm uh speaking of which sound design let's talk about that oh yeah okay i don't know if it was a theater but sometimes the sound was a little bit too loud like i was like my fucking ears are bleeding having seated in two different theaters it was a little bit the theater you think okay i i figured yeah. that it was yeah um but I, overall i think the sound was very effective just to like show her inner world like just yeah. like how intense the sound would get and then it would cut out as she like kind of Oh, for sure. reality. It was oh great. yeah no like that scene where she's sitting at the restaurant and it, it's like the slow zoom in and like the score just gets louder and louder and uh-huh. louder until it's too loud and yeah. then it sustains that for a couple seconds and then it cuts to like her friend who's meeting her yeah it's, it's like that's what it's like to just be like in your own headspace yeah. with your own thoughts and so it's just like this oppressive right and then up. there was like a couple other things like that too i didn't exactly write them down but i think even when she was like going to a store or something too or yes yeah yeah, no, I agree. That Her stuff's brain. really well done. Mm-hmm. All the score was by uh, this uh, like an electronic artist who calls himself the Octopus Project. Oh, th- that's one person. I believe it is one. Because I was looking, I was like, who yeah. is the Octopus Project? I believe I it's one it person. Collaboration. I think hmm. it's. You, I might be wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, the score is really interesting. There is like there's a little bit of an original Kamiko score, but a lot of the score pieces are also variations on themes from Fargo. Oh yeah. Like, really, like, very, very subtle ones. I did hear that. I'm trying to think of when. I mean, when? We, we've now heard, like, the, that main theme so many times. Yeah. But there's a, but, like, a, the scene where she's going to go leave Bunzo outside, you hear a little bit of that Fargo theme poking Yeah, out. I think that's what I was thinking of, too. Yeah. Which is actually my next point. But wait, before I get to that point, just that scene also with, like, running away from the kid. Yeah. That was so intense. Why do you think she ran away from the kid like that? I, like... Cause I was like, who the fuck runs away from a child? Is it, I mean, you know, she's under all this pressure to like get married and start a family, right? Yeah. Maybe she's like seeing that staring her in the face. Yeah. Maybe she she's, maybe she's it. just like, this is like exactly what I don't want to deal with. Yeah. It was interesting. And I thought that was such a good insight into her character too. It's like, just run away from a kid like that. Right. That it's was a good, good scene. It's not just, this isn't something I want. It's like, I literally can't deal with this being in my I life. I can't even. I cannot even. <laughs> Kamiko is so, I can't even. Yeah. <laughs> Kamiko, wearing a t-shirt says, I can't even. <laughs> yes. She completely, she completely should. But wait, why does she have to set Bunzo free? Like, why... This whole... I mean, I guess it's just really symbolic, but I was just like, don't set the bunny free. Like, well, then she just left him on a subway. What it was should, terrible. Well, what should she have done? Bring him back to the pet store. 
put it on Craigslist. Well, like she's gonna like sell this bunny back into slavery. She was all like, Bunzo, you're free, right? Because she wants to be free. Bunzo! That's why she's setting the Bunzo. Yeah, but she put him on a freaking subway at the end of it. That's he's gonna die. That, or I mean, or get found by somebody friendly, maybe. Or or that no, just you're doesn't pro- seem probably to be setting him up for success. At first, when she was putting him in the wild, I was like, okay, that's a nice idea, but also your bunny's gonna die because he's not a wild bunny. He doesn't want to be free. Right. He wants somebody to give him a little food in a bowl right, twice right. a day and fresh water every right. day. And somebody pick up his poop. So I was like, that's not really a good idea. No, it's... She's not really thinking it through. She's no. being a little bit selfish and projecting onto Bunzo. Bunzo doesn't want what she wants. They're just my thoughts. You're right. You're totally right. She made Thank a you. really bad decision. She did. It's not like she makes a whole lot of good decisions throughout <laughs> this movie. Okay. I'm just saying. I know. I'm just... <laughs> it just seemed like so... Like, it just was illogical. Like, not for a good reason. Yeah. Again, like everything she does in no, this No, she had meaning. She thought she was going to get the treasure. But I'm just saying, like, if she wants Bunzo to be free, it's, like, not in Bunzo's ultimate best interest. Oh, uh, God. But what, a, uh, what a charismatic bunny. I love he Bunzo. He was. He was so cute. Bunzo and was Bunzo's a good name for a bunny, too. Bunzo played by Bunzo, Bunzo. the Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> Bunzo played by Bunzo. I know. It, like, it almost made me want a bunny. That's how effective that bunny casting Whoa. is. Whoa. I know. It's like, I could, I, could, I could handle, like, having a little bunny in a cage that I feed noodles. <laughs> <laughs> you should get a puppy i don't know but a, a lot of work that's what i mean like a puppy is like a heavy amount of like energy and stuff like I rabbits like you need a dog why do you think so I just think you would make you happy i'm happy make you happier i'm not <laughs> saying you're not happy i just think it would bring joy into your life i've like it would watch movies with you and stuff i thought about getting a cat before i'd get a cat before i get a dog you do seem like a cat guy yeah so get a cat i could get a cat we'll like cuddle with you yeah like the cat that i sit like she sleeps on me like if i sleep on my stomach i wake up she's on my back if i sleep on my back then she sleeps on my stomach and if i sleep on my side she sleeps on top of my side it's like super cute I like, you need a cat like that. I like cats because cats f- seem like they have their own lives and are kind of like, they're sometimes hanging out with you and sometimes they're just off, you know, pet, yeah. pet, playing with stuff. Yeah. Dogs like seem like they have no life if you're not around. And the entire time you're not around, they're like, where's Josh? I yeah. need Josh. <laughs> That's too much pressure for me. That's true. I know. I feel really that. bad about not being with my doggie all the time. Yeah. Like, what do you think Chaya's doing right now? <laughs> Thinking about me. Right. I should have brought her to the studio. It was just because of the timing. I was like, no, it's too much time. And the I had- studio. My, yeah, my house. the studio. Yes. Okay, yeah, it's a studio, but um, I had like a suit in the back of my seat. My car. I was like, oh, I can't do it. Whatever. So I just rushed over right. here. But I should have brought her. She would have enjoyed it. She could have been I sitting bet. on this big chair right now. No, I bet. But that's true. Dogs miss you. But yeah. But it would be you no. Know, but that scene where she is trying to set Bunzo free, and Bunzo is like, I don't want to be free, lady. I'm just gonna stay here. Yeah, he's like, I just want to be with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's also. You know, it's also kind of this broader commentary about Kamiko herself, because it's like, she wants to be free, right? She wants to be free of this yeah. life she's in. she's projecting on the bunny. Yeah, but she, be, exactly. But she do, she almost doesn't realize, kind of like the bunny, like the bunny could go be free if it wanted to, or if it understood what that freedom was, but instead it's going to stay in place. Mm-hmm. And she could also, she's also free, she could follow other paths that don't involve her dying in the Minnesota snow, right? She could yeah. find other ways out of this life and make a better life for herself. But it's like she can't see those options. I know. They've been closed off to her. All she can see is this crazy path. Yeah. I really feel for her, though. Yeah. Oh, completely. Yeah. 
So I just had a little moment. I know. It's like a reflection. Like, yeah. oh, Kamiko, I feel you, babe. I do, though. It's just, like, sad because, I don't know, like, I think for her, especially, it's such a sort of, like, cultural issue of, okay, she's in the wrong place, and she doesn't have support from, like, her mom um, or her, like, boss, obviously, anything, but it's, like, she's obviously different, right? And there's just, like, kind of not that much tolerance for, like, people who are different in an environment and right. instead of being like oh this is like not the right environment for you or like this is the right situation it's like you're bad but it's weird it's like so judgmental it's weird too because like i've never been to tokyo but what i understand about it is it's like you know it's like a place of like a million subcultures that every block there's like a cool like a goth club or like some like mm. kawaii shop or something where you could find like like-minded people yeah and she's like completely not seeing that or not interested in that and there are right. there are there are like and like I said, like that, like that girl who takes her out to to the restaurant. There are all these people in her in her life who were yeah, waiting to befriend her, her, but she just wants she wants to be alone. On some level, she does, but she doesn't really. <laughs> right, which we'll get to obviously, but she doesn't really. I think she just doesn't feel understood. So even though that girl is like being friendly with her, she clearly like does not connect to somebody who's like that happy and like yeah. that different. And like, I feel like she just feels alone. Yeah. Like, she doesn't have anybody who gets her, so she'd rather have nobody than somebody who doesn't get her. I don't know. Which, which that is something I completely connect with. Yeah. I completely relate to. If you yeah. like, there's just, I'm waiting for that person who's on my wavelength, you know? Yeah, just like, I'm misunderstood. Yeah. But it's like, she's misunderstood and judged, and I think that part is really bad. That's like, that's just like a human failing. Like, we always judge people who are different in that way, which is like, you're not bad, you're just very different, so. Not completely. Yeah. Anyways, so Kabiko is, so she hates all this stuff, but she's got this one thing she's clinging to. She's got this Fargo VHS tape mm-hmm. until, it, until it gets destroyed. Her and she's like, oh no, oh no. Yeah. Yeah. I'd got that, just yeah, hearing the sound of the VHS tape crunching as she's pulling it out. Man, that takes me back. Mm-hmm. I've done that to movies before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's, uh, so she's stealing books out of the library and yeah. bribing security guards of like $2. Why did he give her the page, I wonder? Because again, I think like throughout the movie, like people will see this woman and like, sorry for and they feel sorry for her and they want to help her. Yeah, it's just like that was a very interesting scene. I liked it. Yeah, You're just like sorry, I could get, I seriously could get fired <laughs> for this. <laughs> but all right, go take the page. Mm-hmm. And then she steals a credit card and sets Bunzo free and goes off with her like her hand stitched map that she's, yeah. which, and. And this notebook full of numbers, and that's something where they can kind of cheat a little bit because of like the culture difference and the fact we can't reach what she's writing in the notebook. But what could she possibly be writing? What could oh. what could she get out of that one shot of like of a fence in Fargo that's going to like lead her to the treasure somehow? Yeah, I mean, I guess she's probably. I mean, if I would imagine, I I would imagine that she's writing like how it got there like what he was saying yeah. like why that's important i don't know that's a good point it's like what the hell <laughs> right it's like th- like this wasn't even shot in fargo like i think it was shot somewhere else in minnesota yeah you're like there's so many levels of context that you're missing from this I know. it's very really sad mm-hmm. um but then we get to the second half of the movie which takes place in minnesota in the new world huh. um we get to see like they're like spraying down these airplanes with some really, it's a really, yeah. cool, it's a really cool shots there. Very actually. cool shots, yeah. Um, and now she's decided. Now you know. Now she's just in America with like 
a stolen credit card. That it's almost like she doesn't realize it's going to get canceled at some point. Yeah, she was like so. <laughs> she was she was by really it. surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor and and basically no English and no idea how to get her way around. But but they, you know, there's something you kind of you you got to kind of admire about that too. It's like she's foolhardy, but she's gonna go for it. Yeah, no, I did admire that about her. Though I was like looking at him, I was like, God, you would totally you'd be so taken advantage of. Like I, right. I was worried about those guys in the airport who were like the tourist guys, right. or whatever. I was like, God, like they could just totally take advantage of her whole situation. Well, but. I was lost once, but then I was stuck in a life of debauchery, but <laughs> yeah. now I've been found. <laughs> that was like the, you're about to get into a freaking cult right now, so that's good. That was the really fun part about the whole Minnesota thing too, which uh, that whole second half had. A, Really felt like it was populated by like Coen Brothers movie characters. Like yeah, a lot of these, yes. a lot of these guys yes. just felt very like weird and a little bit quirky and a little bit off. And yeah. it was nice because it's almost like this is the America she's been imagining, and it's almost like the America you see in Fargo. Oh, that's true. It's yeah. a little bit close to that. Well, so how about the old lady? Was she like that? Yeah, she was too. Oh, she was totally yeah. like that. Yeah, she's like we're going to go to the Mall of America. Oh. You don't want to go to Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fun. No, that's no, that's no fun. Uh, you can eat anything you want except for the, the breakfast. Except buns. for the sticky buns. Those are for, for breakfast. breakfast. Yeah. What are sticky buns? That sounds good. I feel like it's kind of like a cinnamon roll. Ooh. I yeah. Want that. I bet. I bet it's actually really good. That it is sounded really good. good. Um. And then like the cop was so funny. Oh well, we got to talk about the cop too. Yes. Um. Actually, let's not. Let's just forget. Let's about just it. forget about the cop. <laughs> but I do. But. But I guess the, I mean, I guess kind of the real like literary comparison to Kamiko here is it's, uh, she's very much like a Don Quixote figure, right? Yeah. She's kind of like, you know, just, you know, she's got her own mission. She's got a very inflated self of herself and she's just going to rush into it. Um, also, she's like Lester. She's a survivor. I so, mean, Jen, she ultimately dies, but she has right. some good survival instincts or like qualities that are similar where like she just jumps out the window of the old lady's house like she like, gets out the window, you know, True. and then that kind she, of that kind of resourcefulness, I guess, yeah, yeah, and then like well, she a, makes a blanket into a coat, yes, which was like so cool and <laughs> visually like so perfect because it's right. like it had a purpose, but then like the the overall look afterwards was so otherworldly of like her hood and like this blanket and this whole thing. Well, it's because it's like one of those like kind of faux Native American blankets that you might see at like a yeah. shitty at a shitty hotel. Yeah. But when it's on her and when she's actually out in the wilderness, it's like that could actually be like a Native American blanket. Almost. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Definitely like some sort of character. Yeah. But I'm just saying I was like super impressed like that she used the blanket to make it into a coat. Yeah. Yeah. Well except A Lester's a sociopath and B Lester was pretty smart for the most part. Yes. But remember he <laughs> fell into the ice. He did fall. He yeah. He ultimately. Which he was, wanted to. I mean, right. I think he preferred. But I'm just no. saying, like, there was like that similar like resourcefulness quality of like kind of just surviving sure. and keep going forward. And, For sure. Finding I mean, a- she died. I think. Well, she obviously died because she was so like frozen by that point. Yeah. But like up to that point, she did a pretty good job of like managing. It I mean, all. I mean, if you really want to think of it on a macro level, like she. Every decision she makes like brings her one step closer to death. She's actually kind of really bad at surviving. If she'd stayed in Tokyo, she would have done a much better job of surviving. <laughs> Josh. I'm just saying. I don't like the way you figured this out. <laughs> uh, I get it. I get it. Um, yeah, no, I know. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But, um, but I still think that like her effort was very resourceful. Yeah. Like, it was a... It was a very stupid, like, ill-fated plan. Yes. But I appreciate that she did things like climb out the window, make the blanket into a jacket. Like, I don't know. There were was, was things. Yeah. But it, 
I guess I bring that up because it's like she's like Don Quixote for the whole movie, but she's kind of missing like her Sancho Panza, like that kind of realistic person who's going to hold her back a little. Right. Until she finds that cop who's for a little bit of the movie kind of helping her out a little bit and trying to make her see reason. Right. And it's just not working out. Yeah, that was a good cop like tie-in. Played by uh, played by the director of the movie, David Zoner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I think like it... It worked well. I loved the the Fargo reference because, like, yeah, a cop and like his right. like. It was like a little. It was definitely like a Coen Brothers quality to have him be like, "Sorry, I just had the siren on on accident." Like, For sure, was, or to be like, "Well, I know you're a Chinese restaurant, but maybe, right. maybe you speak yeah. Japanese. Can you translate this for me?" <laughs> yeah, very. Yeah, it was yeah. Coeny. Very, very Coeny. But oh, I loved the scene in the Goodwill when he was like, "What'd you do that for?" Because you know he wanted it. Ugh, it was so well done. You think he wanted it? Yeah, he totally. I think he totally did. But I mean, he's do you, married do you th- and has I mean, kids. do you think that's why he's been like helping her out this whole time in the first place? I think so, but I don't think he wanted to admit that to himself, which is why he like wiped his lips, but like he still was like looking at her in this like really tender way. But he's like, "What'd right. you do that for?" Like, I think he liked her and was like probably very intrigued by her. But he also, I'm sure he didn't want to cheat on his wife, but he just, he was justifying it to himself, like, no, 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 I'm a cop, like, this is what I would do, but I think that there was a little bit more, like, I don't think she was crazy to read into that. That's really interesting you say that, like, I think, I I definitely think, I mean, he was going above and beyond what he had to do as a cop, helping her out. I think he was definitely, like, intrigued by her, and trying to figure out what her deal was. I don't think he was, like, romantically interested in her. I think he was. Okay. He like the way he was getting her dressed and stuff. It was very tender. Like he was like putting the coat on her. Oh no, totally the coat tender. Up on her. It was a little too tender. But I, I guess I really, eh. I really, I really mostly saw it as like this woman is in serious distress, and I wanted. To, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a small town cop. I don't have a lot to do. I want That's, to do what I can. Yeah, to help her. no, you're right. But I think there was. A, I'm not saying it was the main driving force. Like he's like, I'm gonna bone her. Like I just right. think that there was like this tiny little part of him that I think that there was a little bit of the male female thing going on, and especially she's like this exotic, weird, crazy female. Like I think there yeah. was a little bit of something and reasonably there. attractive too. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I, I mean, I'm sure that was maybe at least part of the mix. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. I think totally was like a, that. that's why I think like it was so well shot the way she kissed him, and then like his head, like he pulls his head back but they're right. staying in and very she's like close look, contact. Look, still looking up at him like, like she's looking sideways at him and he still has his head back but like they're still like you said, in the posture like it was very close like you, I don't know. S- you say we are together yeah oh yeah yeah but um i think i think there was a little bit of, that's why he was just like no 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 it's just because i'm a cop but a little part of him was also like but if i right. wasn't because i mean it makes sense that he was like married and had kids but it's also not something that like he could have easily not, right? Like, I was, like, wondering. I was, like, oh, is the twist in this going to be that, like, she ends up being with this, like, really nice man? I mean, that wouldn't be, like, a very Cohen-y movie, and I was right, expecting more right. of, like, a Cohen-y turn. <laughs> but, like, you never know. Like, maybe that would the be... treasure is, like, her finding this man. Oh, like, I don't oh, know. Oh, God. Some I'm gonna, cheesy I'm gonna, shit. I'm going to throw up, Jackie. That's okay, awful. Okay, Josh. <laughs> we'll talk to the Zellner bros and see if they ever considered that as a possible ending, Okay. But, you know, um, you're always like, trying to anticipate, like, is this going right, somewhere? Like, right. I didn't know how far that storyline was going. Like, you're, maybe he, they do have a relationship, and he does help her, and then, like, she gets a little bit less crit. I mean, I don't know. 
So many things could happen in a movie plot. God. No, you're totally, that's totally true. I, it's, I mean, because, sorry for being such a romantic. No, you're right. Because I knew, because I knew the story this movie was based on going in, I kind of knew where things were leading. I was like, I don't think this cop That's what is, happens when you love spoilers. You're right. You're right. And Me, ru- I never get anything spoiled. Everything's a wonderful surprise in my life. It's destroyed my imagination. That's I sad. Just, I know. I just, I anticipate everything now. I pity you. You should. <laughs> I pity myself. I envy oh, your ability to make up these these sweet romantic endings to movies that yeah, are just destined not to have them. Whatever. <laughs> then I get surprised if, when things happen different ways. Right. But, um, but so, okay, so Kamiko and this cop meet. She plays the, D- the Japanese DVD of Fargo for him in what I think is the most unrealistic touch of the movie, that a Japanese DVD would work in an American DVD player. Never happen. Why not? Because it's a computer. Because no, it's a DVD player, and they're totally different codes. Like you can't buy a Japanese DVD and play it in an American DVD player. It does not work. He put it into his computer. It still wouldn't work. Are you it's, sure? It's like because it's an American DVD drive. It's coded differently. Is you that need a like fact? you need to get like yeah you need to get like an Asian DVD player for that to work. Are you sure? I'm really pretty positive. How do you know that? Because I know that like yeah that there are like DVD regions like there's the North American what? region and the European region and they don't work cross region. I think it's to stop piracy. That's weird. I'm almost I'm almost like a hundred percent. Well, positive. this movie's ruined because it doesn't make any sense at all. Now it completely doesn't make sense. Oh, you're you're right. Region one is USA US yeah. territories. Yeah. Region two is Europe, Japan, Middle East. Huh. Yeah, see? Now the huh. now the reality of this movie is totally destroyed. Yeah, none of this would happen. <laughs> Forget it. Every, we should just end the podcast. Anyway, what do you want to plug, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Screw it. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, oh, yeah. So what happened after that? He And finally, for the first time in the movie, somebody tells her, listen, like, Fargo is just like a movie. It's not real. It's not a documentary. It's a normal movie yeah. where everything is fake. Yeah. And so for the first time confronted with that reality, she just says it's not fake. Yeah. And it's hard to, if she hadn't already figured out this is fake, she's not going to, no matter how many times people <sighs> say it to her. Poor Kimiko. I know. Yeah. But nonetheless, he wants to help her out. She starts crying in a at the restaurant and the scene like i could see you in the theater like laughing at which was funny i was laughing it, like at that scene where she just started going but was i laughing i know what scene you're talking about yeah was i laughing i, I looked over and you were like this is pretty funny no like, i don't totally think it was that funny because i th- okay because i thought it was funny did i think it was funny no, I think I might have been laughing in like an awe. Because sometimes Maybe. you laugh at things that are not actually funny. They're either awkward or bad or things like that. It must have been something like that. Maybe, okay. Because I was like, I could... But maybe the sound of her crying was funny. The sound of her crying was funny. And yeah. also, it's like when you see like a kid crying because they discover Santa's not real or something. Oh, yeah, it's like, yeah, that's it's true. Like, yeah, you know, you're know. crying over basically nothing and you're going to get over <laughs> it. It's just so it's just funny. No, but... <laughs> I don't know if I thought that was funny because she was crying after a conversation with her mom. That was, that's And true I think too. that was, no, I don't think I was laughing. I'm trying to think what my reaction was. Because I felt really sad for her when she was like crying after talking to her mom who was like, why would they be jealous of you? Like it was funny, but it was like so mean and sad. That was, yeah, that call was really messed up. Yeah. <laughs> why would they be jealous of you? Oh, it was so <laughs> rough. <laughs> but yeah, no, he, uh, he offers to help her out from there and there is that scene in the Goodwill and she tries to, to kiss him 
yeah. based on basically nothing. So we kind of it's got it's not a, based on nothing. It's like a man helping her do stuff. It's not crazy. Yeah, well, that's, that's like the least crazy thing she did. The I mean, movie. <laughs> yeah, that's well, that's what I want to ask her, ask you about because, like, okay, so we understand maybe a bit of his motivations in that scene and why he's helping her. Why does she lean in to kiss him there? Because she feels like he's helping her and like protecting her, <laughs> like. He zipped her up into the jacket. He's getting her clothes. He's tying her shoes. Like, right? He's being very tender with her, and I think she sensed that, and she just thought it was a thing. And he was saying, like, you know, one of the things he said, like, "You're not in this alone. I'm here to help. Like, you're not in this alone." And I think like that is also something she was really searching for. So I'm sure she projected right. much more on it. Like she had like a, she felt a tiny drop of it, and then just went for it, and like. Because this is somebody like this it. is like somebody you met hours ago who you can barely communicate with who is on some you don't level need obligated words to, to help communicate you. between I humans. Guess. Come on, I, no, you're right. I think there was a little bit of a vibe, and that's what she was just like going with. the The only thing I could think of is just that, like, when he said, "I'm here to help you." she instantly understood that as I'm going to help you find this treasure. You know, like, I'm going to take you all the way there. Yeah. Um, and she was so happy to hear that, that she's basically, you know, like, finally, like, like we were talking about, I found that person who's on my wavelength. I have found that person who's crazy. Yeah, in the believes sa- in me. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, who, like, who's crazy in the same way that I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. Who's not going to, like, shut down my path. Mm-hmm. Who could actually accompany me on this. And that was enough to be like, obviously, this is the soulmate that I've been waiting for that my mom has been telling me I need to, like, find my entire life. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would take it that far, honestly, but I think that she was so alone, and I think for the first time in a long time, she didn't feel alone, and feeling that connection just kind of, like, warmed her a little bit and opened her up, and just, you know, like, she was being, she was connected with a human, the other human is a man, so there's, like, that male-female thing, and she felt a slight vibe, and it just, you know. Spiral from there. I think so. Yeah. It made sense to me. <laughs> and, then oh, she ra- and then she screamed, it's not fake! And ran away. Oh, she's Heartbreaking. So I know, I know. she's sad. Poor thing. But can I also talk about, I mean, just talking about her clothes and all that too, I think the Little Red Riding Hood vibe was also yeah. awesome. It yeah. was just like such a good turn because nothing about it was like, shoved in your face mm-hmm. it was just like because she just happened to be wearing that coat all the right, time but you totally pick up on that like yeah mm-hmm. it's this you know this vulnerable wanderer through the forest yeah you know? yeah it was it was very artful i really liked that that combined with her blanket and everything i was like oh this is visually like saying so much it was great i think it's gonna be the new fashion trend i think we need to start <laughs> pe- seeing people wearing like red hoodies and blankets around on red carpets it looks cozy to me it does look comfortable right it now. totally looked comfortable mm-hmm. it's like a snuggie Mm-hmm. It's like a snuggie. Well, I guess they have invented it. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. But it didn't look like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the rest of the movie is basically just after she tricks that cab driver. Well, it doesn't even trick the cab driver. She just, she just, kind, out, just yeah. kind of runs away. Yeah. Not much of a trick. Yeah. Um, and then she just starts walking. Yeah. Don't. Who knows where she's going? Yeah. She does. She doesn't even know if she's especially close to Fargo. She doesn't seem like she's near a fence. The dog was a weird part because where did that dog come from to steal her DVD? I thought I, I mean thought it was odd. Was that like a wolf? I mean, it didn't look like no, a wolf. No, yeah. it was a dog. But I assumed it was like some sort of like wild animal, not like a dog. Dog, you know. I guess it was just a feral dog. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's not impossible. Out in the snow like that? I definitely didn't think it was like a pet. Yeah, it should have been like a wolf. It was actually a dog. Right. It should have been a wolf or like an other wild animal. Maybe they couldn't afford a wolf. 
Maybe they were just like, we'll just put it a dog. It'll be the same thing. What do you mean they couldn't afford a wolf? Like the filmmakers. They couldn't find a husky to look like a wolf? Right. Josh, this makes no <laughs> sense. <laughs> I'm going to completely dissent with that. All right. I don't know. I've tried, I've tried to think of a reason, too, because it would have made more sense if it was a wolf. Because it was definitely a dog. I'm just wondering why. That's all. It was weird. But I mean, I guess her DVD had to be ripped away from her somehow. But It's just it's just you're slowly seeing, you know, every part of her life get stripped away from her. Yeah. Until she's literally just wandering for no reason. Yeah. She thinks she sees a briefcase in the ice for some reason. I loved the cut of that, where it was like she's pulling it out, but then it was like a it piece was of wood. Just a super brief cut of like yeah. you see the briefcase coming yeah. out, and you realize no, it's driftwood. Of yeah. course, of course. Yeah, it was great. It was really good. And then she just, uh, you know, it gets dark, and she just kind of curls up in the snow. But yeah. then, but then she wakes up the next day. Yeah. And the sun is shining, and she starts. She gets up and starts walking again, and goes up on that like ski lift, and then she finds that fence and. And the little ice pick sticking out. It's like, holy shit. She did it. Yeah, I love that it ended that way. (laughs) And we get our happy ending. Yeah. And Bunzo's back. I know. Bunzo Uh... went across the world with her. (laughs) Yeah, it was a a very good way to end it. Because you don't need to see her dead in the snow. No. Who would have wanted a movie to end like that? Yeah, it was nice to have it in her like little dream delusion thing. It was good. Yeah, it was... I mean, it was perfect, too, because... Because so much of this movie is like it's a commentary on like the nature of stories, right? Yeah. You know, it's she's she believes that this movie she watched is actually a true story. And then this movie is based on an urban legend that many people believe is a true story. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you know, it's a story about a story, things that are made up, even if people don't think they're made up. So you're like, at the very end, we're already doing this made up thing. It is a movie. Why not just tell the story that you know that Kamiko would want, right? right. Why yeah. not just make her happy ending instead of try to stay true to some reality yeah. that we already know can't possibly be real? Yeah, for sure. It was good. It was really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing was good, though. I think I was like very pleasantly surprised because the premise kind of sounds stupid. No offense, because it's kind of like, why? What do you mean? Somebody because was when they did it, yeah, because it doesn't make any sense. But because then they did a, such a good job with it. The, it's it's kind of like you know the filmmakers working backwards to think okay we've got this story that people believe even though it doesn't make any sense what sort of character like would possibly do this crazy yeah thing? very good justification and they found very all these grounded. ways to yeah they found all these ways to justify her to make her seem like a real person mm-hmm. even if she necessarily still had to be crazy yeah but I think her crazy was very realistic yeah like it was not like off the wall <laughs> crazy it was just like there's a person who's been pushed a little bit too far. And that's it. And again, very simple to me. And again, really memorably played by Rinko Kikuchi, who always, like, every single moment, it's like you feel like you understand what she's feeling and Mm -hmm. thinking, even Mm -hmm. when she's barely expressing anything at all. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just all in the eyes. Yeah, she did a great job. She did a really good job. And it's a movie that should have, it should have felt depressing at the end, but it didn't, basically. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe because you are watching that happy ending and they're playing the happy Japanese pop song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that definitely helped. But at the same time, it's like, well, she fucking did it. Like, there's something about that, too. Like, I know she died doing right. it, but, but it was like... It's like she did, like, she got herself halfway around the world to fulfill, to go on her path. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it's that she was doing her path and, like, she kind of went for whatever meaning she saw in her life. So even yeah. though it ended kind of tragically, it was also like she... She kind of tried to fulfill her meaning, and that was that. 
I'm glad I saw this movie. I'm yeah. really curious to see more movies from uh, the Zellner brothers. They've done. Yeah. They've apparently done like they're fr- they're from Austin. They've apparently done like a bunch of other features and stuff that haven't uh-huh. really gotten any sort of distribution at all. Huh. Um, no, they did a great job. But I think on the basis of this, they're interesting filmmakers. It's a weird movie, but I would still recommend it. Yeah. And, yeah. Totally agree. Curious to see what they do next. Yeah, for sure. It was really interesting to see one movie and then another movie in a row, like right afterwards. But yeah, I want to. I want to hear more about this uh, 1915 that's coming out soon, right? Yeah, I think it's it premiered or something already. And I think maybe it, like actually comes out out next weekend. But that was amazing. But we can do our next segment for. Oh, I guess let me ask you any final thoughts. <laughs> Turning the tables, uh, whoa. Josh. Whoa, I'm so like I'm I'm like my world is spun. Yeah, why are you asking me this question? That's right. That's right. No, I think that I think that was my final thought. Yeah, go see the movie. It's yeah. uh, I mean it's I think it'll probably be out on VOD soon. Yeah, it's worth it's. Well, I think Landmark is supposed to be. It says coming soon on Landmark, so I just wonder maybe the release is very spotted. But anyway, nowadays I think with especially with, with limited release movies, like they move from in theaters to VOD really fast. Yeah, true. Like faster and faster. True, true, which is true. good. It's smart. Any final thoughts yourself, Jackie? How does it feel? How does it feel? This is my life. You always ask me if I have final thoughts, and I don't have any. (laughs) See it. I agree with it. Well, then, should we do our final segment? Yeah. Okay, this is a little thing we like to call Raising Air Quizona. (laughs) It's where we have a quiz. Um, Josh, I'm doing the quiz. Sorry. So, in this section, we have a quiz... Loosely inspired by a topic in the movie. Cool. And we don't have a guest today, so Josh just has to uh, answer the questions. I'll do my best. Yeah, and I think that's fine, too, because it'll just be really fun for me to tell Josh he's wrong. <laughs> so it's going to be a good quiz, guys. I look forward to you finding out you're not going to get that chance as I get every single one of these questions right. That would be so annoying, and I would <laughs> literally just like cry and go home. Um, which is not different from what I would do otherwise, just cry right. and go home after this podcast. But that's, uh, I mean, yeah, that's how we. That's how you do every podcast. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Bye, Josh. <laughs> Later. Um, okay, so this one is inspired by like travel and tourist destinations and things like that. Sweet. Um, because of her long journey across the world, so yeah. just different types of questions based on that. Okay. Number Let's do it. one. The hot air balloon is the oldest successful human carrying flight technology. When and where was the first untethered manned hot air balloon flight? A, November 21st, 1783 in Paris, France. All right. B, February 12th, 1814 in St. Petersburg, Russia. C, June 16th, 1861 in Boston, Massachusetts. So it's, wait, it's the oldest form of what? It's the oldest successful human carrying flight technology. Okay, oldest successful human carrying flight. Okay. So, I don't think it was too far before airplanes, I think. I don't, because, because I think if, like, they'd had hot air balloon technology in, like, the 18th century, then we would have seen, like, that happening, like, the Revolutionary War and the Civil War, people, like, firing muskets out of hot air balloons (laughs) as they fly overhead. (laughs) Talking about a postcard, it's like, you look close and you're like, wait, we're killing each other from this. Uh So, I'm going to say it's later. Okay. Maybe uh, maybe the Ru- when was the Russia one? Um, February twelfth, eighteen fourteen. When was the wait? When was the last one? June sixteenth, eighteen sixty one. That sounds right. I think it was that. Oh, Josh. What? <laughs> you already can't win this quiz one hundred percent. It was November twenty first, seventeen eighty three in the Paris, old one. France. It was the oldest one. Yeah, kind of okay. crazy, right? 
Yeah. Well, then where were like the French balloon shock troops in the Revolutionary War? Why wasn't that part of history? Well, because they're French. (laughs) They were just surrendering. Uh, They're just like, we will not share our technology with you, stupid Americans. Um, Number two, what's the fastest scaling of Mount Everest? A, 14 hours, 12 minutes. B, 10 hours and 56 minutes. Or C, 12 hours and two minutes. Man. I don't, I mean, I don't know how long it would like normally take to climb Mount Everest. I haven't, I've never tried climbing a mountain. I have no frame of reference for this question. <laughs> it's the world's highest mountain, so. Uh, that is true. I mean, I guess, I guess you could do it in 12 hours. I think that's believable. I'm going to go 12, the 12 one. 12 hours and two minutes? Yeah. Oh, Josh. <laughs> It's oh, 10 hours you and 56 when you say, minutes. When you say, oh, Josh, it's like, oh, Josh, I'm so, I feel so sorry I for do, you. I do, though. <laughs> <laughs> that you don't know something uh, so obvious. Oh, Josh. <laughs> uh, number three. So just for zero out of two. Just great. Okay, great. Thanks sorry. for pointing that out. Yeah, yeah. If I get, if I get, just keeping score on scoreboards. Mm-hmm, zero out of two. I think mm-hmm. if, it, if I get more than five points, I'm considering it a win. Like, that would mean I get, like, yeah, This is a hard way. quiz. All right. Actually, I think my quizzes are usually pretty hard. Yeah. This is, like, my second quiz, but I think it's hard, too. Um, three. How long is the longest human walk ever recorded? A, 33,000 miles. B, 38,000 miles. Or C, 40,000 miles. Okay, well, first of all, the entire premise of this question would be, like, they're just, are they walking without stopping? I mean, people need to sleep, Right. Yes. So this includes, like, sleep breaks. Well, yes. <laughs> okay. But it's like you get up and you keep walking. Yeah. So if you, I mean, so you could just do that forever if you wanted to. Right. But, like, why <laughs> would you do something like that forever? Like, naturally, okay. one might conclude right. their walk. So ultimately, that's... ultimately, some people might be like, I've walked far enough now. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of more of that. Well. Like, and this is, like, you know like around the world-ish kind of, you know, like, you're right. like going forward, like this is how much I'm going to get. Yeah. I mean, I think at that point you'd have to like get on, get on a boat at some point or circle the globe a few times. I think, I think you could just go on for, I'm just going to say the longest one, whatever the longest 40, one is. Yes. Good job. Yeah. Guinness world record holder, Arthur Blessett, who was like 71 has reached 40,000 miles. This is the longest around the world walk in history. So in June, June 25th, 2012, Arthur crossed the historic mark carrying a 12-foot cross in Whitehorse, Yukon, Canada. An enthusiastic crowd gathered, including two elders from the First Nations welcoming the cross. It was I like bet, some religious thing, too. I bet he felt great. He was like, I've accomplished so much with my life. He did, and he attributed it all to Christ, too, actually. Okay. Yeah, it was like a religious thing. But there's like lots of walks. This was actually a question that I really kind of struggled with, because I was like... <laughs> So people have like walked all kinds of distances for all kinds of, there was like this one yeah. guy who walked like 75 something, like what is it? Kilometers? Kilometers. kilometers? Must've been kilometers. And like, he was like walking for 11 years and he like came back home to his girlfriend and kids. And it was mm-hmm. like weird. Like he'd been yeah. gone for 11 years. People well, do weird things. He had a midlife crisis. <laughs> right. It's like, well, you know, I could have watched my kids grow up, but I decided to walk for a decade instead. Really weird. Great. Very weird. <laughs> I feel like I made the right life choice. Yeah, very strange. Uh, <laughs> so you got one, one out of three. Okay. Um, number four, what is the most visited tourist attraction in the world? All right. A, Times Square. Hmm. B, 
the Colosseum. Okay. Or C, the Eiffel Tower. Oh, I mean, it's got to be the Eiffel Tower, right? I feel like it's got to be the Eiffel Tower. I'm going to Eiffel Tower. It's Times Square. Really? Yeah. Crazy, right? I guess that, I mean, so even more than like Statue of Liberty or sort of like some other obvious like New York. Yeah, it's Times Square. I guess whenever you go to New York, you're like, okay, I feel like I need to see the place I see in all the movies, you know, with all the billboards and stuff. I get it. Sure. That's why I guess everyone who hates Times Square in New York is for reals about it because it is the most visited tourist attraction in the world. I feel like I get a little bit of that living so close to Hollywood and Highlands. I had to go to Hollywood mm-hmm. and Highlands today to go clothes shopping, and God, you just, should shop somewhere somewhere else. I, you know what? I went down to Melrose first, and like because there was some stupid swap meet going on, I couldn't find parking. Oh, swap meets are great, but wait, so where I did went, you shop? I um I went uh, to uh, American Apparel and H and M. Oh, those are good choices. Yeah, Josh, I'm proud of you. We'll, we'll have to go to Zara too. First, yeah. I looked at Zara and it was like, Zara looks like it's mostly girls' clothes. There's some men's stuff, but you did great. I'm proud of you. And then I walked into Lucky Jeans and it was like, wow, $100 for just like a pair of jeans. I need, some, I need a better deal. Yeah. No, you did, you did good with H&M. But just like, God, the, just the crowds of people. Just like, mm-hmm. ugh, so many people. And they were just like, they're stopping to look at street performers and they're like, <laughs> you just move. <laughs> disgusting masses. <laughs> God. Makes me hate this Hollywood and Highland. Hollywood and Highland makes me hate people. Oh wow! Get out of my way! Wow. I have shopping to do. Wow, Josh is doing Sunday shopping. <laughs> my true colors, <laughs> diva. <laughs> um, number five. What city is home to the world's tallest Ferris wheel? A. Orlando. B. New York City. Or C. Las Vegas. I mean, I feel like any one of those cities could have something that gimmicky, like the world's tallest Ferris wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, I'm going to say Orlando. I feel like that would totally be something like you'd see at a Disney attraction. Would be like the giant Ferris wheel. Oh, Josh, the it's high roller in Las Vegas like is <laughs> okay. 550 feet tall. It opened to the public on March 31st and is currently the world's tallest Ferris wheel. But that's probably going to change because of like something going on in a like someplace in saudi arabia probably or whatever okay um yeah like dubai or something yeah dubai just wants to have the biggest everything mm-hmm. um okay so number six antarctica belongs to what nation a sweden b new zealand or c none of the above i mean it's got to be none of the above i feel like it's one of those territories it's like protected un territory or something you're so smart it doesn't yeah. belong to anyone there was an antarctic treaty signed by 48 countries and it's a place that exists for like peaceful research yeah exactly it's like they've got an observatory there that like any country can take part in mm-hmm. good one okay so I, you have I, two out of six there we go not bad doing good yeah you um, can still get your mouth questions right that you wanted i'm i could still pull that off mm-hmm. I, I think i think countries just don't really want antarctica yeah it's i like, guess not great. until they've really just, realized how to deal with it Right. Exactly. Once we're like, I don't want to deal with this thing that's just melting really fast. I don't want to take responsibility for that. <laughs> I'm surprised Russia actually doesn't want it because we have Siberia. Or we. Uh, Russia. <laughs> but, it's on, but it's on the other side of the world. No, but I mean, like, I, what I'm saying is, like, to deal with that kind of cold, right? Right, so right. Like, what the hell? But I guess Antarctica is not that interesting. So Antarctica doesn't belong to anyone. <laughs> yep. Um, number seven. In order to get from Oregon to Montana as fast as possible, which state would you have to travel through? Ooh. A, Wyoming, B, Washington, or C, Idaho? So, 
There's Oregon, and then Washington's on top, and they're both bordering Idaho, and Montana's next to that. I had like a, a jigsaw puzzle that had all 50 oh. states. Um, you got to go through Idaho. Smart. Yeah. Some people would know their geography and that would get them. Yep. But you have proved me wrong. <laughs> it is Idaho. Number eight. What should you do when handed a business card in Japan? This is like a weird question that I got from a travel quiz. Very okay. What should you do if you're handed a business card in Japan? Mm-hmm. Okay. A. Make eye contact, slightly bow, and put it into your pocket or purse immediately. Okay. B, take the card with both hands and read it carefully. C, take the card, shake the giver's hand, and send them a follow-up the next day. Okay. The, the bow is, I mean, it's sort of stereotypical, but I feel like I've seen that on scenes like in Mad Men and stuff. Whenever they see Japanese businessmen, they do the little bow. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they still do that, but I don't think they shake hands. I think that's a super American thing. Because Japanese are sort of germophobes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with the bow one. Nope. No? Let's take the card with both hands and read it okay. carefully. Okay. I don't know. Why? Why? I don't know. You're just like, you it's need... It's just like, that's a custom. <laughs> you need to know what's on this business card. But I guess it's out of... Like, I'm assuming it's out of respect. Right. That you're like reading it carefully in front of the person. I'm giving you this thing. Read it. So like, if you take something with two hands, you're like, oh, wow, this is important. Whoa. Look <laughs> at this business card. Yeah. Great. This is you? You know what? Great job. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like, did you ever see that scene in American... Did you ever watch American Psycho? No. Yeah. There's a great scene of business cards in it. Oh. I don't want to... I know how spoiler Thank you for are, so I don't want to spoil it. anything. Yeah. Wait, how many questions have you gotten right? Three? I think three. I think three. You can still, you can still do this. You have two questions left. Okay, so I got to get both of these. Shit. Mm. You can do this. All right. Okay. Because you're going to be so disappointed in me otherwise. I can already hear the shame in your voice. <laughs> I'm uh, not going to be disappointed. I'm going to be uh, happy. I'm going to be okay. gloating. All right. Um, every country has a tourism tagline these days. Which country does this tagline belong to? Land of gross national happiness. A. Land, land of gross national happiness? Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. A. United States. <laughs> B. Bhutan. Bhutan? Bhutan. Okay. C. Romania. <laughs> well, it seems like I should knock out United States first. On the other hand, like, it's the kind of phrase that some, like, American marketer might be like, well, we got gross national product. Let's also have gross national happiness. Mm-hmm. That's like, uh, I don't think it's the U.S., though. I think it's... I think it's Romania. I'm going to go with Romania. It's Bhutan. Ah! I know! Sorry, Josh. Damn it. Okay, maybe I'll get this one. Okay. Because it's related to a movie. Which man-made wonder, which was rediscovered two centuries ago, appeared in the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? Okay, I saw this movie. So that might help. But it's been a long time. Petra and Jordan. Angkor Wat. Angkor Wat in Cambodia. B. Or C. Abu Simbel in Egypt. I don't know what that third one is. Um, is it so, is so? It's like it's the landmark that was depicted in the movie, or would they just use the landmark like to step in for some other thing? It appeared in the movie. It appeared in the movie. Okay, because they were looking for the Holy Grail. I remember that. I don't think it was Anchor Wat. I think Jordan sounds right. It is Jordan. Yes. Yes. Good. <laughs> oh, you got four. Not bad. Not bad. Really close. Close Pretty to good. a win. Pretty good. I don't feel that ashamed, Jackie. <laughs> I feel like my travel knowledge is pretty 
pretty pretty good. That's okay. Yeah. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable traveling with you, but it's okay. <laughs> you don't feel you want to feel comfortable traveling with no, me? No, you don't have you don't know enough about tourism. I feel I, unsafe. <laughs> <laughs> he could get us he could get us lost. Exactly. <laughs> he doesn't even know how long a walk takes. Yeah. Like, come on, this is a joke. He I mean, if you don't even know how long it would take to climb out Everest yeah. if you were going really fast, then how am I like, supposed to rely on you? <laughs> right, Hello. Right. Hello. <laughs> um guys, okay. List guys listening. I'm not saying guys to you guys, because uh, Jackie, this is the end of the episode. This is it. Yeah. We don't have many episodes left. We don't. We don't uh, have many guests left. No. Like today. Like today. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna have a guest on the next episode. Cool. I'm gonna try to get in touch with that person for are we gonna talk about Garfield the movie? We might. We might. We might talk about Garfield the movie. We may. I think we could find like something else. Like just, what? I don't know. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm going to do a spoiler. Well, we Come usually on. do a teaser for the next episode. Yeah, but I don't That's know. That doesn't count as a spoiler. It's, it's a, a spoiler. Okay. Teasers are spoilers. Well, we either will do that, but eventually we're going to do our big finale episode that we've Pretty had planned soon, from probably, the very beginning. Yeah. Pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It is. Until then, Jackie, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at MacLean, M-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E, or my infinitely more interesting Instagram, full period, metal period, Jackie. Infinitely. What's the last Instagram you posted? I don't know. Probably a photo of me leaving the office at 5.45 a.m. Oh, In fact, yeah. I'm pretty sure that is the last thing I posted on <laughs> Friday night. Just slash. showing off how hard you're working. I yeah, get I'm it. a baller. I get it. Oh, please. I don't want to talk about it. But uh, so there's like funnier things on my Instagram as well. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. And uh, I also do, I want to do something different. Oh, yeah, that is the last thing. Because I really want to shout out 1915, the movie, because okay. I think it was really, really good. I want everybody to go see it. What's and, it about? Um, it's kind of built as a thriller, which I guess, considering how difficult the category is, it makes sense. But it's about the Armenian genocide, and it's set in present day, and it like relates to the genocide. It's the 100th year anniversary. Um, but it was it was incredibly well done and just for such a complex difficult subject I was really really impressed so that's just something I'm like digging on I guess you could say so I'm just gonna shout that yeah. out it's hard it's hard to do movies about like those really like intense dark like like when you saw The Good Lie last year you know which I think is a really good movie but it's yeah. it's hard to get people to like watch movies about like millions of people yeah. being slaughtered yeah it totally is so this one was it, it tackled it really well and I was at a really cool um uh, just like a screening that had like the, the director and one of the actors in it and so it was a cool Q&A afterwards but I was super impressed with uh, with the director writer you know producer who's like like I said to you is like our age and dealt with like a really difficult topic and was able to talk about it so like you know profoundly but like eloquently and it was really it's so well great done. to see millennials engaging with the world you know but instead it of, is instead of just being selfish unplugged into their iphones it, and stuff. Uh, shut up no I, but like obviously i don't think that yeah know. no but i but yeah it, i think he did a great job and it was funny too because one of the actors in it is um sam page and it was funny because i was like looking at his face the whole time i was like why do i know you why do i know you? and he's in a bunch of stuff but like then i was like oh yeah madman like that's how i knew him specifically so it was just kind of funny when i like, finally realized because i was like why do i know him but and i know anyway. search tanking from system of a down does the music which yeah is sweet yeah so that's a reason for me to want to see it yeah a lot of armenians in it obviously and yeah. if you know whatever i feel like if you're a person you should care about it and also sorry it's such a tangent it's dark <laughs> and i don't care sorry it's my podcast too but it was just like <laughs> yes. it was really interesting because i i saw with my mom my sister and we went to dinner afterwards and like my mom said that she didn't even she my mom is russian okay she's soviet but she didn't even know about the armenian genocide until i studied it in my law and genocide class that i, I did in law school which was about the holocaust and armenian genocide which kind of blew me yeah. away because my mom is soviet and first of all like 
Russia educates people like crazy, so that they the fact that she wouldn't know that is really insane. And plus, like Armenia is like bordering, you know, the USSR. So it was just like shocking to me that it just not. Like, just like not that's why about. I mean so that's, that's, really that's why that's why to this day Armenia is still so serious about getting countries to like recognize the Armenian genocide yeah because so many people don't know about it it is like one of those yeah. things like almost like the the governments have almost like kind of written it out of history they have they have and one of the things that the director said that, which I thought was a really incredible point too is just saying you know the, the way that it's been denied and just written out of history like really obviously affects so many generations identity because it's like even five ten years after it happens people are told like what are you talking about that never happened like you don't have any family like you don't you don't come from anything like who are you like it never you just have no place in history almost when that happens so i think that's a really it deals with so many interesting levels of stuff so anyway they did a great job and it's also very creatively done which i liked so cool anyway go see that (laughs) i gotta check this out now yeah you really saw any moviegoer any person who enjoys movies i think should see this i liked what you said before any person any person should identify with this so if you are a person if you're a person yeah because it also deals with denial in general as a human bless you thank you um, in Russia, we have an expression, or a Russian expression is like, when you sneeze, you sneeze on the truth, so you just did. Oh. But, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's because it deals with, like, denial on a human level, and all humans deal with denial when we have difficult things that we go through in our lives, so I thought it was great. So anyway. Yeah. What are you digging on, Josh? What am I digging on? Yeah. Um, I mean, this is only tangentially related to uh, this topic, but I have been talking about season three of The Americans over on oh, After yeah. Buzz. yeah. That is about to wrap up this week. Yeah, it's I want to watch that show. It's a great show. It's a great. It's been a great season, man. I mean, it's it's one of those like real like slow burns of a show where every mm-hmm. episode just it gets a little bit more tense and a little bit tougher to watch. And now by the end of the season, this season like all these things are coming together. That's awesome. It's Do you a, feel like it's like similar at all to uh, Fargo, the TV show, like being an FX show? Is there some kind of common thread or not really? Only in the sense that they're both really high quality. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both we like that. Which you know, I think FX has been doing a great job of lately. They're both very serialized, uh-huh. and they both do have that feeling. I think of kind of the wall is closing in on their characters as the screws get tight. Oh, cool! Like you see in a really great show like that. Yeah. But otherwise, it's a little. I mean, Fargo wasn't exactly goofy, but still had that kind of Coen Brothers yeah. goofiness. Yeah. This is definitely less goofy, mm-hmm. more uh, more realistic seeming. High stakes. Very high stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, just really, really super well acted, especially by Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese. She's a good actor, yeah. Yeah, she's great. So check that out. Cool. I, and Jackie, you're from Russia. You would love it. I know, I know. It's very <laughs> exciting. Speaking of Russia, yeah, sorry, I just have one last thing to say. Okay, sure. you can cut this out. But just like speaking of Russia and all this stuff, it's so weird because just on Friday, my sister and I at dinner for my grandfather's birthday, like we found out that our great grandmother had a little brother who was like killed in the war which we never knew about my grandmother had a younger brother who died like when he was a baby and then my my grandpa had a baby sister that died when she was a baby and it was like this like barrage of like yeah we were just like wait what's happening and that just kind of goes to show it's like how much people do not talk about the past especially when you come from like certain regimes where you're just like cool i just want to forget that regime and like you're a survivor of that it's just like really crazy because i kind of have it double being like soviet and jewish where it's like people come out of those isms that they dealt with and do not talk about things that happen so am i i mean correct me if i'm wrong am i wrong to think i feel that feel, sound, sounds like a particularly russian thing it's kind of you know kind of keeping keeping those things inside and not I think really it's talking a pretty about pretty soviet thing yeah but i think it's I think it's just a survivor thing in general. I don't know. Because Jewish 
I feel like as Jews, we talk about, you know, the terrific things in our history all the time. Terrific or horrific? Not terrific. It's <laughs> not terrific. I meant to say horrific, of I know course, you obviously. Did. I just want to catch that for people who would be on. Like, you know, it. we've talked about the fact we were slaves in Egypt, like, every year over and over again for, like, millennia. Okay, but then there's things <laughs> we don't talk about, too. Right. Like, uh, which the 1915 movie talks about in a captures in a good way too is like how people survived atrocities too and uh there's and they say this all the time it's like the people that those who survived the holocaust like they even say it about themselves a lot of the time is like we were the worst like the best people are the ones who died because in order to right. survive you had to make a lot of ethically and morally questionable choices i for sure out. i for sure like read you know like ellie wiesel and stuff and people exactly talk about that. yeah 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 so um Anyway, so that's the kind of thing we don't talk about is like right. the dirty stuff people had to do to right, survive. Right, the shit you so. had to do to get out of the Holocaust. Exactly. Right, so yeah. that's what Jews don't talk about, even though we talk about being slaves. So, anyway. Anyways, happy note to end this Yay! podcast on. Um, <laughs> one more happy thing I'm going to talk about because my first day of week is start. Uh, my first day of this new job is starting tomorrow. Yay! I feel like I want to get them all like pastries. You know, that's like a good way to like introduce yourself to the yeah. office, right? Oh, and there's up. this, I love it. There's this like a, like a churro boutique that's open in, opening in Los Feliz with the ice cream. With the ice cream. Yeah. So I want to go there. I want hopefully if I get but like ice cream melts now. If I get like churros, like ju- I think they have just churros too. Do you think oh. churros will stay good for like twelve hours? Yeah, do yeah. churros. That's, that's a cool. That's, that's, that's a nice do. hipster touch. I feel like that's super because that's what I am. I'm a, I'm a California hipster producer, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm you wearing, are. I'm wearing a suit, but I can you can bro down with me. Yep, for that's sure. That's my that's my vibe. <laughs> Josh's new vibe. My Everybody, new, my stay new tuned vibe. for that. As soon as, I, as soon as I get the suit, the vibe will be complete. <laughs> I love it. We'll Anyways, guys. We'll well, stay tuned for the next episode, uh, whatever it ends up being. Ooh, it's a mystery. It accept is a mystery. It. You better accept it, guys. <laughs> this show is indeed not over yet. It's just That's getting right. started. That's Actually, right. no, it's, it's just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, broke the mic on that. <laughs> um, anyways, until next time, guys, um, peace and love. Peace and love. 